To be on the line now to AgriSA Executive Director Omri Fincel to talk about this. A very good uh, evening to you and thank you so much for speaking to us. Um, what, what are your thoughts, your assessment of the situation, especially in the agriculture sector? I think uh, what we saw in the agriculture sector is coming off a drought from last year. We had some job losses, uh, generally speaking, in the sector. Uh, we were down between 7 and percent. 7 to 10% in terms of output. At that time, we didn't have a major problem in the Western Cape, which is a large producer of fruit, obviously very labour-intensive part of the sector. So what the judge has done, specifically in the labour-intensive part of the sector, is, is that he's had a reduced output. So, so, so what basically happens is a lot of the trees go into survival mode, the fruits are a little bit smaller and a little bit less, uh, so you don't need that amount of labourers to actually to actually help with the, with the picking of the fruit. What a lot of farmers have also done is just to remain uh, cash buoyant. Is they, they had to let go some of their employees um, in order to stay afloat through the through the drought and obviously, you know, through the season. Um, like any business, you have to rationalize in order to remain profitable, and we've seen this throughout the industry. What's happened in the other parts of the industry, not in the Western Cape, is a lot of them have bounced back quite significantly in the, in the grain sector. We've almost doubled the output. We have more than doubled the output of grain production in South Africa. So we're sitting at about 15 million tons um, of, of maize output. And, and that has a very positive impact on the whole value chain in terms of, of the, the egg industry and, and you know, some pieces of the poultry industry and so on. So, so because the whole value chain is interlinked, I think the effect of the drought showed clearly that this was the this was the the effect on employment. Mm. Uh, but it it has been said though that there is an urgent need for diversification of the agriculture industry that that could help save us and create more jobs. It is, and and I think uh, we we always say you know agriculture is the is the, is the gateway to the galaxy. Because in agriculture, we can produce four times more work than in any other sector. And, and we've also been saying that food security is a strategic imperative for South Africa. And there is a lot of room to grow in agriculture and in specific sectors that are very labor-intensive. So we see it as a job multiplier and, and, and an industry where you can invest uh, relatively uh, not so much money and get a lot of returns in terms of jobs and, and, and revenue growth. Hmm. So what would be involved, and by this I mean making it widespread in areas where typically there is no work, especially like in the rural areas, going from mm-hmm. grain to crops to horticulture, for instance? Yeah, I, I think, you know, across the board, we've got a very diverse agriculture sector, you know, from aquaculture to grain to milk right throughout. Um, and, and we have vast tracts of land that we can actually employ or, or, or cultivate um, where we can we can generate income and generate uh, uh, work opportunities for for a variety of individuals. What we do require is we, we require targeted investments initiatives from government with private sector in order to develop and grow those those little economic nodes in the agriculture economy. Mm. And uh, the agro-processing uh, industries um, investing more in that—that uh, surely should be another uh, option. That's definitely a, a fantastic option. I mean, we have had 
quite significant investment in the processing sector. Um, you know, we've got by far the most mature processing and export sector in Africa. Uh, but there's still a lot of room for improvement and there's still a lot of room for investment. You know, it's tying that back to primary agriculture, things like policy certainty and investment incentives is key to actually light the fire of economic growth in the agriculture sector because the primary agriculture sector feeds into the secondary agriculture, feeds into the export markets. Mm. Uh, but public-private partnerships uh, have often been touted as... Uh one of the the major solutions to this. Are we seeing enough of that? Are there enough talks between uh, governments and the private sector? Yes, they, I mean clearly there's enough talk, but we need we need some we need the same amount of action or even more action. So we are working with the land bank and with the Department of Agriculture and Forestries and uh, with the Department of Trade and Industry and a variety of stakeholders. We have all the plans in place. We already have the development models. It's just a matter of government coming to the table and saying we are willing to invest you know, X amount in, in developing the sector. Uh, we have the infrastructure to actually make that happen. So that's actually in the, the missing link in the, in the whole value chain development piece is, is government coming to say, listen, we're willing to give you a subsidy or we're willing to give you uh, capital or equity to this amount Let's take the sector forward and, 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 and look at the low-hanging fruit that we can explore. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, the agri SA Executive Director, Omri Fonsell, we talk more about the stats uh, with Mamakhe Dumulupiani, who is a mining and labour analyst uh, and managing director of Creative Voodoo Consulting. A very good evening to you, and thank you so much for taking uh, the time to speak to us. So when... We're looking at um, those statistics released by Stats SA. Mining was also counted as, um, I just want to go back to my figures here. Okay, we'll come back to the mining industry specifically. But I was intrigued to see that uh, employment grew in all the provinces except for the Eastern Cape and Limpopo. What are the challenges here? The challenges, hi, good evening, Tepi Central listeners. The challenges continue, particularly in the Eastern Cape, continue to be that there are no local economic development initiatives that are happening at a public sector level that are going to pick up the number of people and, 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 and create jobs that are necessary. Even the expanded public works program is still not sufficiently addressing issues of, 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 of job creation. And that speaks to a deeper uh, municipal slash provincial crisis in terms of how it's managed. And when you look at it at, at Limpopo, it has for the past a year and a half, always been dependent on on the activities within the mining industry. We know that the mining industry and agriculture continues to be that province's key drivers of economic growth. So again, when when you look at the performance within the platinum sector globally, not just here, not just at South Africa alone, you realize that the slowing demand of it 
to an extent would have affected how jobs are created in, in, in Limpopo province or, 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 or within the mining industry of that province. Mm. And, 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 and it's not just to those two provinces only, but eventually it will filter down to other mining activities, not just in the platinum. So crisis of unemployment, again, such as in number shows, like it's not just at um, at key economic activity provinces, but even within uh, semi-rural, semi-urban provinces, we are seeing now, and that is perhaps the most worrying fact, we are seeing now numbers of unemployment rising within those provinces. Mm. And, um, okay, so I was talking about mining it, it being one of the contributors in terms of growth in employment, 26,000. And I was chuckling to myself, thinking, and, and it, it's 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 not really funny in the sense that I was wondering how many of those zamazamas account for that. Uh, a conversation was held on this very station about regularising, uh, you know, informal mine workers like that, and, and seeing if you can get them into the system. Yes, I think it must be one of the key strategies for the Department of Mineral Resources to say if they cannot uh, completely shut down uh, uh, illegal mining activities or or zamazamas, how are they going to make sure that those people are counted uh, into employment? But do remember that it's an illegal activity, um, but also it speaks to a broader desperate state of people in South Africa, that they will do anything to look for job. So again, for me, this episode comes back to the narrative that often says South Africans are lazy or people don't want to work. When you see people willing to risk their lives in illegal mining activities to get jobs or to have some sort of an income, and, and, and maybe that would have accounted for, for the number of jobs that were there. But I think in broad, in, in broadly speaking, um, we have seen over the past, uh, I mean, the, the first quarter of 2017, some aspects of the mining industry, particularly in palladium, particularly in gold sector, we have seen their performance, gold performance only strengthened based on geopolitical activities that are happening throughout the world. So, and production of some of the gold mining companies was high. So that could have been also a contributor to uh, the jobs that were, were, were coming into the mining industry. But not only at a mining activity level, but maybe secondary uh, aspects of mining, the other components of mining. And I do think that is partly at the moment for now good news because we know that that industry is under pressure. Hmm. I, I mean, if you look at some of the criticisms of uh, countries who are not employing labor-intensive industrial growth strategies is the fact that they use capital-intensive technologies imported from abroad. Isn't South Africa also partly to blame for this? Yes, and we, we, I've been working on a report and some of the emerging trends within certain sectors, uh, manufacturing, mining and agriculture, that they're moving towards, uh, 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 as they're trying to move away from from salaries and labor intensive and, and hiring more people, they're considering mechanizing. And in mechanizing, often when they bring in those equipment or those machines, they tend to say, some of those industries. As South Africa, we do not have the skills necessary to operate this very complicated machine. Therefore, we'll export skills from outside.
side. And I think that is why government must be very clear on its policies in terms of what happens when companies or industries mechanize and say we do not have enough skills to operate these machines. I do think at the, at the pace of of unemployment level in the economy, we cannot afford to have companies export skills. They cannot export equipment, uh, but I think we must upskill our people so that they can uh, they can they can be able to operate this mission. Besides, it will be also be part of broader skills development, national skills development, anyway. Mm. The services sector, it's been also said that it's got large employment potential. Why are we failing to tap into this? Again, so with South Africa, the main challenge always is, and it sounds so repetitive, but it is the reality, that the skills gap, you have a highly skilled people who occupy positions, and then you have the middle skills that we see basically making the economy function. And you have some of equally so low skills that works labor-intensive work that also make the economy function. And then you have a missing, I don't even want to call it a but you have a missing line, a missing tier uh, of, of skills between the low skilled and the highly skilled, uh, and also a missing link between the semi-skilled and the completely non-skilled. So there lies in our challenge. And when you look at government policies, I often ask on Twitter, what are we doing to, to, to make sure that our, our, our graduates or the youth are, are, are active in the economy? What? are we bringing to them besides saying they must get education? And there I think that's where we are failing as a developing economy, as a country that would like to believe it's in a developmental state. So, so up until we invest in the skills, and the challenge to be for I say, is not only for government, the private sector must equally do the heavy lifting in upskilling workers and moving them up and picking up those who are at the bottom to bring to those vacancies that would have left by skilled people. Thank you so much for speaking to us and sharing.